0: it's what you call the boredom okay that one was weird it's gonna be the feel everything movie of the summer disney and pixar's inside out 2 rated pg parental guidance suggested only in theaters june 14 get tickets now
1: you're listening to all the books a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 89, and today we are talking about books released on January 10th, 2017. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow
0: podcast Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. I'm coming to you from the snow cave. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I know, it's always so weird to me when I'm like in Maine and you have more snow than I do.
0: <laughs> Hardly ever happens. We, we, got, um, we got six inches at my house over the weekend, and Richmond being Richmond and ill-equipped for snow, uh, everything has basically been shut down, so I've been... Curled up in the amazing mermaid blanket that Amanda, our fellow book writer, uh, knitted me for Christmas. That's it's a, like incredible. a purple. It is amazing. It's a purple mermaid fin that you like slide your body into, and it's so cozy. So I've just been curled up in it reading books and making hearty food and like drinking a lot of coffee. It's not terrible.
1: Do you hop around in it or do you like get no. out of it? I would fall no, over actually, all the
0: time. The first, the first morning that I got up and like got my coffee and then got into my mermaid and got on the couch, I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to like wiggle out of it anytime I need to go back to the kitchen. But then I realized that this is why husbands exist. <laughs> Oh. so basically when I'm in my mermaid is my like I'm helpless and I'm <laughs> snuggling the dog and I'm adorable in this mermaid blanket so like could you refill my coffee for me Oh, nice Um, or like Sunday morning Bob was sleeping in so I carried my French press into the living room and set it on the table next to me so that I could be self-sufficient without hopping around the house because that just seems dangerous
1: <laughs> yeah or, or you could have mermaid tail races
0: Like if someone, Amanda
1: could make another one and then it would be like those potato
0: sack races. When we take our show on the road, we'll do live mermaid races. (laughs) I'd have to wear a Um, helmet. Yeah, no, like I'm afraid of wiping out because sometimes I just slip when I'm like scurrying through the house to get my coffee in the mornings and I'm wearing regular old socks. So uh, I don't think this is advisable. We'll be safe. We'll just stick to reading books. Uh, Yay, books! (laughs) Yay, books! We got books this week. We're into, like, the chunky, you know, big book part of January now. Yeah,
1: it's great. So would you like to hear about my first one?
0: I definitely would.
1: I talked about this on the preview show. Basically, it was like, "Ah," about the whole thing, because that's how it made me feel. Um, But I'm excited to talk about it again today. It is called Fever Dream by Samantha Schwableen translated by megan mcdowell um let me just, just shout out for megan mcdowell really quick she's an amazing translator she translate she translates aleandro zambra of all people he's freaking incredible if you've never read him plus a million other awesome things that i'm forgetting right now anyway translators don't get enough credit so i just wanted to you know be like hey because she's awesome um anyway back to fever dream uh, this So all the books that I'm talking about today, I can't tell you much about. So there you go. But this one starts out. It's, there's a young woman named Amanda. She's lying in a hospital bed. We know that she's dying. And sitting next to her is a young boy named David. She's not David's mother. We don't know their relationship. And David asks her to start telling him a story. And so they start to talk. And the discussion that they have is so unsettling and so compelling, it freaked me out. I was like, what am I even reading? What is happening? This is creeping me out. I love this so much. Um, it It might sound weird to say this, but I have read it three times now, and I do not understand it, and I could not love it more. That's delicious. It's like... I mean, I don't think that everything has to make sense all the time. I mean, I think there are things that people enjoy or find entertaining that they don't understand, like David Lynch. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you can't get me to believe that some of that stuff makes sense. Anyway, the first time I read it, I was terrified. I was terrified, and I was loving it, and I was like, what is even happening? What is going on? This is so creepy. And I don't understand what's taking place, and oh my goodness. So I read it a second time to see if I could figure it out. But then I got caught up in how beautiful and horrifying it is. So then I read it a third time, and, yeah, I don't get it, but, oh my goodness, do I love it. And I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense, and I'm not saying that there isn't, like, some symbolism or something. I, it's just that I didn't pick up on it. Like, my brain was like, we don't understand what's going on here. But, it, I mean, it could be, everyone else could read it and be like, Psh, yeah, it's this. And I'll be like, okay, Yay! But I just loved it so much. The writing is fantastic. It's incredible. Like, I don't want to dissuade anyone from reading it because it's amazing. It's one of the most gorgeous books I've read. And the feelings that it gave me were so much fun. And, I like, talking to other people who have read it, they were like, I had the weirdest dreams. I was I was afraid to be alone in the house in the middle of the day. I loved it so much. I don't know what's happening to me. Like, a lot of people had the same feelings about it. It's just so much fun. And I cannot wait to see what she does next because this is her debut novel. Again, it's called Fever Dream by Samantha Schwebleen, translated by Megan McDowell.
0: Oh, man. That's kind of the point of Fever Dream, though, right? Yeah. Like. You wake up, your head's a little spinny, but you kind of know what happened. That sounds awesome. And I think maybe it's the first time you've read a book three times in a row before talking about it on the show.
1: It is. That would that would be the first time. It's very, it's like 170 pages. So, I mean, it was nothing
0: for me to read it over
1: because I was like, okay, I'm missing something here. No, I don't think so. I think
0: it's just really creepy and awesome. Do you think you're going to go back for a fourth? I could. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's, that's it's so fantastic. interesting. Well done, Riverhead. Um, yeah, so my first one this week, not a there's not a neat segue uh, here, but this was squarely in my wheelhouse. It's The Antiques by Chris D'Agostino. Uh, this is a getting the band back together novel about a family who come together for a very hectic weekend. Um, a major hurricane is hitting the East Coast and the Westfall siblings, they're all adults, find out that their father, who has been suffering from dementia and a host of um, of physical Problems is dying at the family home in upstate New York. Uh, So their mother summons them to try to get there, but there's a major storm happening. One of the sons, Army, lives at home in his parents' basement after uh, something very bad happened at his. previous job, which was pretty fancy, uh, but it went super far south and really turned him sideways. Uh, The feds got involved. It was kind of a finance job and some shady dealings that he didn't know about uh, happened and he suffered consequences anyway. His older brother Joseph had gotten him the job. Joseph is a successful tech entrepreneur. He's working on his next business deal, but his personal life is totally falling apart because he has either a sex addiction or is just really bad at making decent life choices. So he's like, his life is going sideways. He's like walking across. Uh, I can't remember which bridge, but one of the big bridges in New York city in the middle of like gale force, hurricane winds and rains to see a woman. Cause he just can't wait. Uh, And then there's their sister, Charlie, who has moved out to Los Angeles. She works as an assistant to a movie star who is a handful and a half. And Charlie is raising a son who is on the autism spectrum with her husband, who is a total jerk. Uh, So we see their lives. Uh, The book rotates between their perspectives, between their father and their mother. And those, I thought the rotating perspectives in this case especially, really gave the story depth. And it helps us have sympathy for these characters, even the ones among them who are most unlikable. Um, And I think when you're talking about a family story, especially, um, and you're looking at the ways that families have dysfunctions, you're not setting out to make your readers like all of your characters. You're setting out to make your characters interesting and relatable and like messy family life is much more real than Norman Rockwell family life is. And who wants to read a novel about that anyway? Uh, This is just a, it's a wonderful novel. It moves very quickly as these three siblings sort of descend on on the family home and on their grieving mother and they try to do the right thing but none of them is really good at doing the right thing so chaos of all varieties ensues and they're as they're you know trying to make a sense make sense of the mess of their life they're trying to figure out like how to keep their mother who's religious from making a mass for their father who specifically said that he did not want any sort of religious service what to do about this painting that they're supposed to all inherit that's supposedly worth millions of dollars and sell but they don't know if it really is. They're sort of just all these complex, tangly family things that... I think, are really fun to read about. I love, you know, if you listened to this show for a while, you know, I love a Getting the Band Back Together novel. These, like, groups of friends or families that come together over a compressed period of time. Um, I tore through the antiques. I read it basically in one long sitting a couple of weeks ago. Um, Just a great novel for, I think, you know, especially a winter day when you're cozying up, whether you have a mermaid blanket or not. Um, So that's The Antiques by Chris D'Agostino. Want to tell us about our first sponsor? I do. We have third love back again. And uh, we have some new things to tell our listeners about third love. And this first one was a surprise to me. Did you know that women change bra sizes an average of six times in their lives? I did not. Yes. So I have heard, and I think I've said it on this show, that you're not ever supposed to let your bras see their first birthday. Like the tip that I received was get fitted for new bras on your birthday every year so that your size, as your body changes and as you age, like you're, you know, you still want a comfortable bra, but finding the perfect fit can be tough and it can make all the difference as we both know from having gotten to try out some third love bras um, third love bras were developed using measurements from thousands of women and they range in sizes from double A to G cup including signature half cup sizes so if you're between an A and a B you can get an A and a half if you're between a B and a C you can get a B and a half um, no matter your body shape you can find a fit that's right for you and third love has a fit finder that only takes 30 seconds to help you determine the best size and the best style for your body you can say goodbye to slipping straps to overflow to that like ripply thing that happens at the back sometimes um third love stands behind their products so much that they're willing to let our our listeners try any bra from the 24 7 collection for free you just pay the 2.99 for shipping Take the tags off, wear it, wash it, live with the bra the way you would any other bra for 30 days. Make sure that it's your new fave. If you love it, you keep it. They'll charge your card. If you don't love it, you send it back for free and your card will not be charged. So go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started today with a free 30-day trial from the 24-7 collection. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash books. That's a different kind of getting the band back together. <laughs>
1: I got um, them. Yeah. (laughs) So my next pick, I can tell you very little about. Sometimes when I go to talk about these books, I go online and I look at reviews and I look at Goodreads to see what people have said about them because I'm like, they don't mention this in the synopsis. But is it okay to talk about this? Should Mm. I mention this? And if I'm seeing like nobody's bringing up what it actually is, then I'm like, no, no, don't say that. So that's one of these. That's what's happening with this next book. It's called The Dry by Jane Harper. I heard so much buzz about this book. I was like, please, 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 I need to read this. And someone gave it to me. And it's fantastic. It's a chilling debut mystery set in the blistering Australian outback. And I can't really tell you what happens, um, except for some of it. So there's a federal agent named Aaron Falk. He receives a note demanding that he attend his best friend's funeral, which Doesn't sound unreasonable, except that Falk has been gone from his hometown for decades. He hasn't seen his best friend Luke since he was a teenager. Uh, When he and Luke were teenagers, a crime was committed, and Luke was his alibi for that crime. They're not saying whether or not, you know, Falk actually did it, but Luke had been his alibi. And he discovers that someone else knows they were lying about what happened that day. Um, So he gets this note saying, you have to come to the funeral or I'm going to spill your secrets. So he returns home... To the stairs and the whispers, because um, it turned out that he and his father had fled the town, um, not necessarily because he was guilty, but because you know they couldn't take the, the harassment from all the locals who thought he was guilty. So he returns to the to the town, and the local police are questioning what really happened in the event of Luke's death, his best friend. Um, and so Falk has sort of been blackmailed into staying around until the truth is discovered. His parents want to know, like, did this really happen? Did Luke really do this? Did this really happen to Luke? And so he says he will stay and find out. He gets involved with some people that he knew when he was young. Um, It's just this really intense, eerie mystery that gets more intense as it gets closer to the truth. Um, It's so
0: fantastic. Again, it's called The Dry by Jane Harper. Yeah. Again, with the no segues, so I'll just move on. <laughs> uh, my next pick is always Happy Hour. It's a collection of short stories by Mary Miller. Uh, all of these stories are about young women in bad relationships or who make bad decisions, and often they can see that they're going down the wrong path, but they can't stop themselves. They can't stop drinking. They can't get. They can't like bring themselves to break up with the guy that they know isn't right for them, but like he has some redeeming qualities. Sometimes, um, many of them are set in the south. South, but these are not stories that are Southern insensibility, like the way that Flannery O'Connor is Southern insensibility. There's actually this, uh, to me at least, there's this kind of sharp coldness to the stories, like the first sip of a really strong cocktail on a sweaty summer day. That's It's refreshing, but it's bracing, and it also makes you want to... Keep going. Um, I found, like, in my mid thirties now, I'm far enough away from the age that most of these characters are and the kinds of experiences they were having and the decisions that they were making that I could look at them and be entertained. But I could imagine, like, women a decade younger reading these stories and being like, "This is way too close to home." Uh, they're uh, they're funny at times, but pretty dark. Like, it's a relatively bleak look at humanity in these, um, which I wasn't quite expecting, uh, but I did really enjoy them. I liked. Mary Miller's voice a lot, um, so that's always happy hour stories by Mary Miller. Fantastic! Yeah. And
1: I, I mentioned this before, but I also highly recommend her debut novel, *The Last Days of California*. Oh yeah, I'm gonna a,
0: have to. It's
1: like about a family traveling across the country for this like end of the world death cult. They think like the end is coming, so they sell everything and they're taking their kids across the country. It's fantastic.
0: I'm gonna have to read that. That's it has really a cult good. and the family getting back together. Yes. Yes, for the end of the what? world. Yes, okay. <laughs> Three bells have been rung. I'm ready. What's up next for you?
1: My next book is The Bear and the Nightingale by Katherine Arden. This is a sort of fairy tale. It's set in the very, very cold woods of Russia. It's about a young girl named Vasilisa. She lives with her father and her siblings and their nurse in a cabin, as I mentioned, in the very cold woods. Um, because it is a fairy tale, of course, her mother died in childbirth with her Um, But her mother knew that she was special in some way and that is why she wanted to carry her to term even though she knew that it might mean the end of her. And so Vasilisa grows up with all her her siblings and there is indeed something special about her. She can see the house spirits. Um, The house spirits that live in the oven and sit in the corner of the house and hang out in the stables and in the woods. And the legends in Russia, they tell you that you should leave offerings for these house spirits. Like, it's a good idea to put out, like, food and, and honey and stuff for these for these spirits to keep them happy. Um, and so she goes on, and she's kind of like a feral child. She's really wild. She runs around. She rides the horses. She plays in the woods. And h- her father decides, when she's about seven, that it's time for her to have a mother figure in her life, besides her nurse, who tells her all these fairy tales and fills her head with these stories. So enter the wicked stepmother, because, of course, it's a fairy tale, he of goes to Moscow. He comes home with a woman. Um, she's she's you know evilish. She's touched. She's also has a beautiful daughter, of course. That she, so she's jealous of Vasilisa, who is not beautiful, um, but she is special. So she's jealous of how she's treated. Um, so she believes that her stepdaughter is a witch, which she knows because she can also see the house spirits. But she thinks they're demons and is very religious. They get a priest who comes to live at the house. And he says, you can't be humoring her anymore. You know, they forbid the offerings. Like, no more feeding the house spirits. And so, slowly, the food begins to run out. The food won't grow. And then the animals are mauled. They find their bodies in the woods. Something keeps picking off the animals. Then the villagers get really sick. And Vasilisa knows that she's going to have to defy her family and risk her life. To save her village, she's going to have to, you know, in, engage in all the things that she's been told that she can't do, with surrounding like the magic and the special specialness about her. Um, it's incredibly charming, very enchanting. I love a fairy tale if you like. Uprooted by Naomi Novik um, or Deathless by Cat Valente, There's a lot of those tales in this book. It's just super charming. And again, it's called The Bear and the Nightingale by Katherine Arden. All right.
0: So, want to tell us, speaking about, you know, sort of fantastic stories, what the next sponsor is?
1: Yes, I'm very excited. The next sponsor is X-Files Origins. It is, Woo-hoo. yeah, I, I haven't read these yet, but I really, really, really want to because I love the X-Files, completely obsessed. Um, these are two books publishing, that published simultaneously that launch the X-Files Origins stories. Um, they explore the teen years of Fox Mulder and Dana Scully, the, you know, two main characters of the X-Files. Um, I'm so excited about this. Like, I don't think I've been excited about characters, you know, childhood since, like, Muppet Babies. I mean, we're going back to, like, teen, mm. teen Fox and Dana. So good. Um, one is called Devil's Advocate by best-selling author Jonathan Mayberry, and he tells the story of Dana Scully. And the other is called Agents of Chaos by best-selling author Cami Garcia, and she tells the story of Fox Mulder. Um, and it says, how did Fox Mulder become a believer? What made Dana Scully a skeptic? The X-Files Origins has the answers. Read these dark thrillers to find out why millions of people became obsessed with the X-Files. And it's just a must read for X-Files fans, but it also appeals to fans of YA and thrillers. So everybody wins. It's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. I love
0: the X-Files. Those are going to be so much fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely need them. I, I was so excited to hear that they were coming out. I haven't got them yet. <laughs>
0: Oh, soon, soon enough, my yes. friend.
1: I don't have anything to read.
0: <laughs> we all know that's not true. I like to
1: say that to my boyfriend. Like, I'll be like standing, waiting for the mail. He's like, why are you waiting? You have 500 books. You got five I mean, books this morning from UPS. And I'm
0: like, I, I don't have anything to read. <laughs> but like, that that's real. Even though you have a million books, yeah. like that, that feeling still happens. I think it happens oh, to yeah. all of us. Like, you need the certain book for the certain mood every time you go to pick what the next thing you're going to read is like unless you just make a list and stick to it which is not the mm. way that I'm you know that's not on my operating system to like have a plan that I feel like I have to stick to for reasons of no one enforcing it uh, so it's like yeah. it's totally possible to look at a stack like the TBR in my office probably has a 100 books on it and be like but none of those are what I want right, right. now <laughs> like, and then what else did I get I can hear right. Millie. There's our Millie. I know. Yeah, Millie's not enjoying being snowed in. so I
1: do blame her. She has very
0: short legs. It must be quite cold on the belly. She does. The legs get cold, the belly gets cold. The whole situation is just unacceptable. Uh Um, Actually, that segues kind of nicely into my next pick. Um, This is one from my kind of personal life pick. One of the things I'm doing this year, instead of having sort of hard reading resolutions about the number of books or the amount of time I spend reading or whatever, um, is to try to read like one book per month that connects to something that I'm working on in my non book life. Um, and I made a video for Book Riot's YouTube channel about it last week, but sort of the things I'm really thinking about in 2017 are uh, deepening my yoga practice, thinking about mindfulness, and also spending more time out in nature. So once a month-ish, I'm going to try to read a book that connects to that. Um, and this first one is a little bit of a cheat because it's not a thing that I'm reading in one go. It's called Meditations from the Mat, Daily Reflections on the Path of Yoga by Rolf Gates and Katrina Kennison. And it is what it sounds like. Um, there are are 365 short reflections that break down the eight main principles of the practice of yoga and of sort of the main uh, things that you need to know about mindfulness. Rolf Gates is a yoga teacher. He's a former army ranger. He's also a recovering alcoholic. And the language of all those experiences comes into the way that he writes these reflections. It's very accessible. Um, And these are basically sort of practical philosophy things to take to help you take what happens on your yoga mat into the rest of your life, because like this is the thing about practicing yoga is that it's not really about that hour that you spend like doing downward dog and perfecting your lunge. It's about what spending that hour enables you to do in the rest of your life, um, which sounds completely hand wavy if you're not familiar with yoga. And in that case, I'm sorry, this is my segment. Um, But I am finding it nine days in, we're recording here on January 9th, to be very useful for sort of setting the tone of my day, for giving me something to think about when I do go to yoga um, or when I'm thinking about Mindfulness in the afternoon, there. And it's funny because one of the sort of key principles of yoga and of mindfulness is about acceptance and not like not resisting where you are, not trying to make where you are any different than what it is, just accepting it in a like, well, this is where we are. This is what I can do today. This is what reality is. And so I was sort of laughing to myself earlier of like, well, no better time to be practicing acceptance than when you have an anxious dog trapped inside during a snowstorm. <laughs> So, uh, so I am trying, but I've really been enjoying meditations from the mat. Um, last year, a bunch of you guys sent me great book recommendations for mindfulness. If you have yoga-related ones, I'd love to hear them. I'm Rebecca at RiotNewMedia.com. Uh, and again, if you're looking for something to be reading, maybe you have your own New Year's resolution for yoga. Meditations from the Mat by Rolf Gates.
1: So, did you see yesterday on Twitter, our friends Molly and Sarah were talking about how they went to cat yoga. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want to go to this. Like everyone's and our, always our, like you should move to New York City. It's where publishing is. It's where all the book <laughs> stuff happens. I'm like, "Eh." They're like, "Hey, we went to yoga in a cat cafe and they walked around and climbed on us." And I was like, "I'm moving to New York City."
0: <laughs> yeah, our coworker Jen went also um a month or so ago with a friend. I think it was one of their birthday gifts to the other one. And like, yes. So you you pay money and you go do yoga with cats like hanging out around you. <laughs> that's the best. I'm super allergic to cats, so this Uh, sounds like the opposite of relaxing to me, and like you can't do yoga with a dog. Maybe they wear
1: like little booties and stuff. Maybe a little (laughs) mask.
0: (laughs) It does look like it would be very soothing if you were a cat person. I want to go. You should go. I know, it's like, why would I want to move somewhere where I would have to go to even more meetings? But something fun and relaxing like a cat cafe, sure. Yeah, that sounds awesome.
1: So, for my last segment, it's time, ching for Liberty's shopping list. Yes, Um, yes. Get your pencils ready, kids. If you don't have, if you do not receive the New Books newsletter, um, this might be motivation to do so. I do also write our New Books newsletter, in which I will talk about even more books that came out today that I loved. Um, So, it's, I just lost all my words. Um, What's the word when you're trying to... Tell people to do something like benefits. I don't know. It's gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I had it in my head. <laughs> it behooves. I, it's gone. Yeah, no. I, I just mean, like, if you needed. Oh, incentive. There we go. Ah, there we go. If you needed in, even more incentive, um, sign up for the new books newsletter. And learn about more books out today. I had to save some of the ones that I read for the new books newsletter. So now I'm going to talk about the shopping list, things that I'm interested in purchasing soon, uh, in the hopes that you know you might hear about something that you're interested in too, or you can get on Twitter and be like, hey, I read that, it's amazing, or here's a recommendation. Anyway, I'm going to get started now. Now that okay, before I run out of more words. Um, so the other day I saw. (laughs) Three different people discussed this book in three different places. And I was like, that's a sign. It's called The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wollobin. um, Which is like a a microhistory of of trees. And I hear it's fantastic. So I'm excited to read that. I want to get the biography, In the Great Green Room, The Brilliant and Bold Life of Margaret Weiss Brown by Amy Gary. Uh, She wrote Goodnight Moon, Runaway Bunny, and like a million other books. And I've always been kind of fascinated with her because I read about how she died when I was a kid, and it's just always kind of stuck with me. Um, no one should have let me read when I was little, basically, is what, like, can you even imagine what I would be like? But it's, it's so awful and fascinating. Like, she was 42, she was in the hospital with appendicitis, and she wanted to go home, and the doctors told her she wasn't ready to go home. So, to show the doctor that she was fine, that she thought she could go home, she did some high kicks. What? And it dislodged a blood clot that traveled to her heart and killed her. Oh, my God. Right?
0: Like, yeah. So, it, it's <laughs> That's just... That's the pride goeth before the literal fall.
1: <laughs> and I just always remember that story. I don't know where I read it, but I've always... Like, whenever I saw, like, Goodnight Moon, you know, or something, I'd be like, oh, that poor lady. But she wrote, <sighs> she wrote over a hundred books and spent most of her life in Maine, which is where I am. So, rock on. 207 represent. Um the, I want to pick up The Cold Eye by Laura Ann Gilman, which is the sequel to The Amazing Silver on the Road about the Devil. It's fantastic. If you haven't read that one, I highly recommend it. The sequel, The Cold Eye, comes out today. I just read about a great mystery, or supposedly great mystery, I haven't read it, so I can't say, called Malice by Kigo Agashino, um, which sounds fantastic. There is a young adult novel that came out. It came out in the UK like a year or so ago and I wrote it down, and I've been waiting, waiting, waiting for us to get it. And it finally came out last week called Mad Miss Mimic. It's called It's Being Compared to Jane Austen Meets Arthur Conan Doyle, which sounds fantastic to me. And speaking of Arthur Conan Doyle, I want to pick up Mrs. Sherlock Holmes, The True Story of New York City's Greatest Female Detective and the 1917 Missing Girl Case That Captivated a Nation. That is a lot of subtitle right there. Um, that's a lot to say. I'm like, I, that's my one criticism is maybe you should scale it back a little bit. Um, but it's by Brad Rika, and it's the true story of Mrs. Grace Humiston, a detective and lawyer in New York City who, like, amazed the world with her, her skills. Um, I had a great recommendation on Twitter last week. I mentioned, like, I am here for your historical murder recommendations. I had a great recommendation from a lady. Uh, she said to get The Convictions of John Delahunt by Andrew Hughes, which I'm going to pick up. Some... Uh, people also recommended I read the Lindsay Faye books, but I have read those. But thank you for your recommendations. If anyone has any more, I would love to hear them. Um, so, this is going to sound insane. You're not going to believe me when I tell you this. But I didn't... I read, like, one book over the last three days. Because I sat down on a Friday and started watching Netflix. And I watched all of Marcella, Happy Valley, Hinterlands, and River. Just, like, like 48 episodes of
0: television. That is impressive and a little bit scary. Yeah, I
1: don't know what it was. I was just like, this is what I need to do right now. Um, but there is a character in River played by Eddie Marzan, who you might know as Mr. Norell. Um, he mm. plays he plays a real-life serial killer uh, from the Victorian era named Thomas Neil Cream, and so now I'm interested in reading a book about him. There's one called A Prescription for Murder, which sounds fantastic. And my last pick that I definitely want to pick up Um, is actually the book that you're
0: going to talk about next. So would you like to tell us about that? Yes, yes, yes. So my next and final pick this week is the new graphic novel adaptation of Kindred by Octavia Butler. Uh, Kindred was originally published in 1979. And this is a graphic novel rendering by Damien Duffy and John Jennings. If you're not familiar with Kindred, you should get on that and read it right quick. Um, It's about a modern day woman named Dana, modern day, like 1979, but she's from this century or Yes, now she, yeah, she's from the 20th century. Um, Dana gets transported to the antebellum South. Um, She first is on a plantation. The son of the white plantation owner is drowning and she figures out that she got transported there to try to save the slave owner's son. But she keeps getting called back through time from her home in California, in modern day California, back to these slave quarters to do other things. Uh, And I don't want to, like, I don't want to spoil any more of it. It's been several years since I read *Kendred*, but it's just stunning. Octavia Butler is one of those necessary uh, writers to read. And it's part time travel, part slave narrative. Um, it's like one of the books that gave uh, Colson Whitehead I'm sure room to start thinking about the underground railroad and to doing magical realism in a slave narrative story. Uh, it's really wonderful. I guess An Ancestor, Kindred is one of the ancestors of the underground railroad. Um it's very cool, um a great read, a challenging read in some ways, an interesting way to look at history and now you can do it in a graphic novel. I would suggest reading the actual novel first um for that full experience, but the illustrations in the new graphic novel are are really remarkable teachers and librarians especially you're going to want to have your eye on this one so it's the new graphic novel adaptation of kindred by octavia butler and the art is by damian duffy and john jennings awesome yeah it's gorgeous um so those are our new books this week what are you going to go read now Um,
1: Now that I've gotten all my TV watching out of the way, I'm in the middle of The Girl in Green by Derek B. Miller, which is being called a 21st century catch-22. He wrote a book a couple years ago called Norwegian by Night that I really enjoyed, and I'm only a few pages into this one. I just started it um, this morning, but so far, so good. What are you going to read?
0: I'm going to read Double Bind, Women on Ambition. It's a collection of essays coming out from Norton later this year, edited by Robin Rome or Rom, R-O-M-M. And the idea is that like, currently successful women in pop culture and the world over are taking on the word feminism and are sort of kicking out the taboo that's been associated with it. They're really embracing it. But the idea of embracing ambition and talking about ambition is still relatively taboo in the culture um, or is difficult for women. When ambitious women find themselves in something of a double bind. Um, so this is a collection of essays by women thinkers and artists and writers from all different points uh, in their lives and careers and from all kinds of different backgrounds. Uh, Roxane Gay, Teresa Rebeck, Francine Prose, Nadia Manzur, so many others who write about the struggles that they face um, as women pursuing ambitious careers. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, and Katie Adams is behind it, so...
0: Yes, she is. She's the best. One of our favorite editors. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. <laughs> so that wraps us up for the day. Thanks again to our sponsors, Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com books to start your free 30-day trial with any of the bras from their 24-7 collection and to X-Files Origins. We'll have a link to those in the show notes or you can find them wherever books are sold. If you want to talk to us about something, you can send us email to books at bookriot.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you want to help us get our new year started off on the right foot and you've got a minute, a rating or review on iTunes would be a great treat for us. And more importantly, it helps other listeners who are searching for a books podcast to find their way to us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time.
1: But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy happy reading. reading.